Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Trying to recruit someone right now? At irishjobs.ie, we know it's just one more thing on your endless to-do list. Somewhere between preparing Friday's presentation and picking up dinner. That's where irishjobs.ie can help. With almost one million registered career seekers in our constantly updated talent bank, you can be sure you'll always hire the pick of the bunch. Take that to-do list. Get a fresh perspective on your recruitment. Visit irishjobs.ie forward slash hire. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's podcast. There's more going on in the virtual world than the real world of F1 these days, as strange as that sounds, so we're going to discuss both areas of that today. I'm your host, Finn Crabolder, and joining me as always, the site's editor, Michelle Foster. Michelle, thanks for coming on. You are uh, still surviving in this strange world without Formula One? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's day 11 of uh, self-isolation here in South Africa, and uh, so far so good. The family's all healthy, the cat's doing fine, and yeah, life still kicks on as well as much as it can without Formula One. Definitely looking forward to the racing beginning, but um, yeah, at least we're getting a little bit of eSport drama. Not quite the same thing, in fact, far from the same thing, but at least there's a bit of entertainment on a Sunday evening. Yeah, better than nothing, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I, I was seeing a quote the other day from someone who was like, oh, there'll be less interest in Formula One when it comes back. It's complete opposite for me. I've never, never wanted a season to start so much in my life. I remember the days when I'd be complaining about races such as the French Grand Prix because the tracks weren't very good. Now I'd I'd take anything. I'd take, I'd take the Indian Grand Prix at this point. <laughs> I think you're probably the only person who would, actually, Finley. <laughs> anyway, as I'm sure everyone knows, uh, not too much is happening in the sport at the moment. Uh, but there's still some news worth discussing. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go through it. And uh going to kick things off with the story that various Formula One drivers have taken pay cuts in light of the current climate. So it was first reported over at McLaren, where... It was revealed that Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris have offered to have their wages reduced uh, at the same rate as various other staff members that are still working. Um, and many others working at the team have taken an enforced leave of absence. And then elsewhere, Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton are also reportedly taking cuts. It, it's not clear how big their cuts are, but even a 5% drop for those two, given their salaries, would save Mercedes and Ferrari about two million pounds each, um, which is pretty hefty. I mean, yeah, so obviously this is, it's good to hear, but um, yeah, what are your initial thoughts on it? I'd say, first of all, congratulations to Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. I mean, you, you hear the, oh, they have taken pay cuts, and you're thinking, wow, well, Formula One drivers earn a stinking lot of money. Uh, but in their cases, they actually don't. Carlos Sainz is on two million a year, and Landon Norris is only on six hundred thousand. 
Um, and I don't think any of them, even with pay cuts, are going to have to worry about paying the rent. I think they're going to still be okay. But I was just, I was just very impressed that it was sort of the little guys coming to the fore first. Um, and then I think it was about two days later we then heard that Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel are both in talks with their teams about pay cuts as well. Um, and you got to say, in their cases, that's that's big money. Uh, that's a lot of money to save a team. That's a lot of money to save the jobs of the little guys who who don't even earn a fraction of what they earn. And yes, I do understand that them taking a pay cut, whether you earn forty million or whether you earn six hundred thousand, it's still a really good thing to do, no matter what percentage it is. You're helping somebody else out. So, you know, as I said, any guy who, who steps up and says that they're willing to take a pay cut to help the rest of the team, I think deserves a round of applause, no matter what level of earning they're at. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you as well. And um, I think Lando Norris in particular, I think it's a, it's a really good thing, not, not only because he's earning less, but also he's obviously the first one to kind of take the pay cut and to get the ball rolling. Um so yeah, I think that's really cool, especially when he's so young. Do you do you expect to see more drivers follow suit in the in the coming weeks? I hope so, because like I said, no matter what their salaries are, even if they're in the bottom bottom five out of the twenty drivers, they're still earning a flip lot more than the average mechanic earns by a long shot. Um, like I said, no one can be forced to be take a pay cut. Um, no one should be shamed into taking a pay cut either. But I think in general, there's there's a bunch of socially conscious guys there. They work long and hard hours with these mechanics. They know what their lads go through. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if, if any of the drivers actually turned around and said, uh-uh, we're not doing this. Yeah, I think as well, it, it, it's really important. It, it's so important they do because, obviously, most fans just kind of see the... the um, you know, the upfront factor of uh, the races aren't going ahead, there's no season. But I think it's often forgotten just the kind of financial impact it's having on the teams. Um, I mean, it's hard to feel sympathy for the likes of, you know, Mercedes and Ferrari. But if you go a bit lower to like Haas and Williams, I I imagine financially they're in a really difficult place at the moment. So, yeah, I think these, these kind of things from the drivers do make a big difference, don't they? makes a big difference both financially and I think also for team morale. I mean, you could argue the fact that the UK government has stepped forward and said, okay, I think I think it's 80% that they'll pay off someone's salary if they go on furlough. But I mean, the government's have a never-ending supply of money. So when you have someone who, who does earn a decent salary being willing to take that pay cut, it, the bigger picture is that it also takes the onus of the team having to turn to the government which means the government can then help other people as well. So I think in the greater scheme of social conscious, it's it's a really good decision from the lads. In, in the UK as well, we've had um, politicians come out and say, kind of, well, they've criticised Premier League footballers for not immediately taking pay cuts and kind of paints the whole picture of with how much they earn. They're obliged to to take pay cuts and to do that thing for the, you know, for the greater good. Um, do you view that with Formula One as Formula One drivers as well? Do you think they they have an obligation to do it? I don't think anyone's obligated ever to take a pay cut. But like I was saying, if you look at the bigger picture of things, every time a driver who earns ten million doesn't take a pay cut, the team then puts staff on the furlough. The furlough then impacts the UK government. 
uh, which then impacts the guy who's running the fish and chip shop or the guy who, who drives the Uber and that sort of thing. People that really, really need the money. And I'm not disputing that the team's mechanics need the money, but there is another source for it. And the same with the football players. The, the teams that are putting their non-playing staff on furlough, there is another source where they could find money instead of all tapping into the UK government. And as I said, putting that under immense pressure. Hats off to the government for putting that initiative out. Um, I think it's pretty incredible. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a similar situation here in South Africa. But yeah, no one's obliged to, to turn around and say, well, I'll take a 5% pay cut or a 50% pay cut. You know, your salary is your salary, your contract's your contract. But these days in, in the world, like I said, of social conscience and of understanding the bigger picture, you know, we're all staying at home at the moment to try and stop the spread of this virus. We all need to do what we can. Yeah. And yeah, like, like we said, you know, fair play to the drivers. And we hope to see more follow into uh, in the next few weeks. Um, and you, you imagine we would as well. Uh, so moving on from the drivers to their bosses, uh, these Toto Wolf rumours, they just won't go away, will they? Uh First, there was the story a few weeks ago that he was going to Aston Martin for 2021. Um, you know, he's built up a close relationship with Lawrence Stroll, who's obviously bought out a share in the company and is bringing them to the sport. Toto denied those rumours. But now there's rumours that he and the higher-ups at Mercedes have fallen out, which have kind of reignited that whole, that whole story again. So um, he's come out and obviously said there's no chance he's going to Aston Martin. So first things first, do we believe him? You know, until he signs a new contract with Mercedes, we're going to pretty much take everything that that Toto says with a pinch of salt because you, you never know. And and often there is some truth to these rumours. I mean, many years ago, there was a rumour that Michael Schumacher was going to return to Formula One and, and race for Mercedes. And we were all like, well, that's absolutely crazy. Well, look what happened. So if that can happen, then pretty much anything can happen in Formula One. Toto's current contract expires at the end of this year. So, yeah, he needs to put pen to paper to stop the rumours. But then again, this is Formula One, and this is probably the longest off-season we've ever had. So even if he does put pen to paper, there'd probably still be a couple of rumours hanging around. Why why would he leave? What do you think the incentive would be for him? Was it a case of he would have achieved everything he's achieved at Mercedes? Uh, Or is it a case of... It's just the people situation. He has genuinely fallen out with the people at the team. It was quite interesting. There were some quotes from him, and uh, I'm not sure if they were directly translated, but he was implying that he is having a, a couple of issues with a person or two. He didn't go into any more details than that, um, and I think that's what's pretty much created this whole storm in the teacup. Toto's now been in charge of Mercedes, I think it's for eight or nine years now. They've won six championship doubles this year or next year, depending on how the season works out. Um, they could equal that seventh driver's championship title for Lewis Hamilton, and they could also achieve a seventh championship double. Uh, even the sixth, though, that they've achieved is, is unprecedented. So while Toto has achieved incredible feats with Mercedes, I think there's still another year in him to sort of cement that with, as I said, Hamilton's seventh, uh, Michael Schumacher equaling seventh driver's championship title. Um, So I think Toto's decision could perhaps depend on actually whether Formula One races this year or not. 
like I said, his contract's up at the end of 2020. But if this season never quite happens or, or never becomes a championship, then he might stick around for another year at Mercedes just to, well, I suppose make his name as one of the greatest team bosses ever to have been. I'd be shocked if he left Mercedes at this point. I think he'll stay definitely for another year. Um, and if we are assuming that Aston Martin is the team that he would leave for, I can't really see him going to them until the regulation changes come in and they actually have a better shot at finding at the top, which would be 2022 now, obviously. So, yeah, like you said, a lot depends on whether this season goes ahead. Either way, I could see him staying for the 2021 season as well. Um, and after that year, I think it would maybe make sense for him to leave, assuming the the last few years were successful at Mercedes, you know. Um, there's all this talk about best drivers of all time and whatnot, best teams. Uh, but yeah, it is, you know, he would want to be considered in what is one of the best team principals ever. Um, obviously, Ross Braun really made an impact when he left Ferrari to set up Braun GP as own team where he won the world championship there. So I guess this would be kind of a similar move for Toto if he did it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be it would be similar. I mean there's a lot that Toto Wolf could still do at Mercedes. I mean you could argue that he might want to see if he can carry on through or past the Lewis Hamilton era. I mean should should Lewis decide that twenty twenty or twenty twenty one is his last year at Mercedes um, that's one of the huge questions that the team is facing, is if they don't re-sign Toto, will they then lose Lewis Hamilton? And he said a couple of times in the past that his future is linked to Toto Wolff's. So that could be a big draw card, a huge ace for Toto Wolff. But, you know, he's achieved so much with Mercedes that on the one hand you want to go, well, why not see what more you can achieve? But on the other hand, you, you wouldn't fault him if he did decide that he wanted to look for a new challenge. It's hard to kind of see when you're not behind, you know, behind the lines in the paddock, just how important a team principal is, you know. Um, I mean, I, the the equivalent in football would be a manager and you see it so clearly, the impact, you know, the way they play or tactics or transfers and stuff. Um, but it's a lot less obvious in, in Formula One with the teams. But just how important is a good team principal to the to the success of a team? I think it's very important, but like you said, it's uh, it's a little different in some ways. I mean, it was quite interesting if you take just the Australian Grand Prix, for example. So the team bosses went into the initial meeting after McLaren withdrew, um, and Toto Wolff voted to continue racing. Um, and then, according to the reports, he got a call from the, the big bosses over at Daimler, um, and they told him, uh uh-uh, this doesn't look good for our PR if we do this. And Toto went back into the next meeting and voted not to race. So he is the team principal. He is the guy that persuades the likes of Lewis Hamilton to come on board. Um, he is the guy who puts the team together. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have final say. Whereas if he went over to Aston Martin, maybe he would. I mean, it depends how much Lawrence Stroll wants to have him on board. And I imagine he probably would get the final say, or at least more of a say, at Aston Martin when it comes to these decisions. I mean, watching Drive to Survive, uh, for example, you see there's some teams, you know, Haas, Gene, uh, Gene Haas in particular was very involved. Uh, you could tell pretty clearly the dynamics between him and Gunter Steiner. I mean, he he's Gunter Steiner's boss. Um, you know, there's even points in the in the in the show where he's kind of threatening to 
get rid of him if things don't get any better. Um, and we never really saw as much of that from Lawrence Stroll. He kind of seemed more like someone who wanted to stay more behind the scenes. Um, I mean, admittedly, we didn't really see much from uh, R- Racing Point last season. But I think in season one, um, when he and when he was somewhere at Williams, he did kind of give off that demeanor of staying a bit more behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, I can see maybe having more of uh, Total Wolf having more of a say there, and that's. Is that probably the biggest appeal, do you think, of him going there rather than being at such a a big company as Mercedes? I think so, yeah. I mean, if he's got an issue with someone at the team right now, one can only assume it's someone above him, because if it was someone below him, they'd probably have been fired by now. So if he's got that issue with someone above him, the best thing to do then is to be the person above. Yeah, we imagine this story is probably going to keep developing, whether that goes the way of developing and that he signs a new contract at Mercedes and they've all just been having us on. Or it actually does turn out that he goes to Aston Martin, which would be, yeah, a pretty huge move for the sport. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on whatever happens. Right, so we're just going to wrap up today's episode with something a bit more lighthearted. Um, like we said at the start, we'll be discussing the virtual world and the real world of Formula One. So we're on to the virtual aspect of it. Um, before we get into the question that we put out on social media and uh, before we read out the answers that we were given by some of you listeners, um, quick discussion into esports. Have you been watching much of it since it's got underway in the last uh, last month or so? I have to be honest and say more like catching the highlights than, than watching the full races. Um, like I said, it's just... It's just not the same. And my thing with the eSports, when they first announced that they'd be having these virtual Grand Prix, um, I was under the impression that it would be the 20 drivers having at it. I think if it was if it was a bit more of the grid, especially if it was all 20, I think I'd be a, a little bit more interested, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think um, the kind of, you know, the virtual Grand Prix has featured a lot of celebrities, which is, you know, good fun to see briefly. But, you know, when you're kind of two laps into a 30-lap Grand Prix of people just playing a video game, racing around, you, I think to keep interested, I, I personally want to see actual drivers, you know. Uh, I've got no complaints of its former drivers, like Jensen Button, or drivers from another class. But, yeah, I'd like to see just professional drivers going at it, I guess. To It just brings it a bit, bit closer to the real thing, I guess, doesn't it? Um, and, yeah, I'm sure... Everybody watching, everybody listening is probably in the same boat. I, I think if anybody was offered all 20 current drivers for what we had last night, which was uh, six drivers, five, once Lando Norris was kicked out, then they'd take that. Uh, and yeah, bearing that in mind, we put out the question on Facebook and Twitter to everyone. Uh, if you could pick any driver to take part in the virtual Grand Prix, who would it be? Um, we uh, expected it to kind of be... Kimi Raikkonen, uh, Daniel Ricciardo maybe even, bit of Hamilton, but obviously Kubica does have a huge fan base that we, uh, I think a lot of people often forget that you know, there's a huge Polish fan base into F1. And uh, yeah, he was a pretty popular option. There's, we'll read out one of uh, of those fans. Um, oh, I dug myself into a hole here because I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> Piotr quick maybe apologies if you're listening uh and he says robert kubica of course i'd like to see him in the same car compared to other drivers 
that's uh, it's an interesting point they made, isn't it? Because we didn't really get to see that last year. H- how reflective of actual driving ability do you think these kind of simulation games are? Uh, the games are are different to normal racing. It's a different setup. It's it's different rules as well. You can choose whether you have cars of equal performance, non-equal performance, etc. Um, Max Verstappen was doing has been doing fantastically well in I think it's the Red Lion series. He just won the championship after six rounds, um, and that one I have to say was probably more exciting than the Formula One thing because it was different cars every time. Are e games, esports reflective of Formula One cars? I don't know because then I think every gamer who wins a championship could jump into a Formula One car, and oh, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference is, I guess, well, one of the, it's hard to tell because we don't do the simulators, obviously, but the most obvious difference, at least, will be the physical aspect of it, you know, where in Formula One, you have to physically be able to take it um, to be able to compete, whereas in this, that's obviously uh, not the case. It's more just, you know, practicing and being good with the wheel and the pedals. But yeah, I mean, obviously, Charles Leclerc, cruise to victory last night Alex Albon spun and did pretty poorly so uh, if it is reflective then yeah maybe Leclerc is indeed one of the best on the grid as we thought and uh, yeah maybe Helmut Marko will be reconsidering Albon's future you know what he's like it's better than sticking him in a coronavirus camp at least most things are yeah 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 that's very true um yeah, let's read out some other comments we got in answer to this question. Um, and aside from Kubica, pretty much every other answer was Kimi Raikkonen, which is not as big a surprise. Uh, we've got Jay Powell on Twitter says, Kimi, the answer is always Kimi. Dave Mantelelli says, Kimi and Seb, because it would be hilarious to see how they struggle with streaming technology. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. That would be pretty entertaining. James on Twitter says, Villeneuve put his money where the mouth is uh yeah so of, of those mentioned uh, or any others that come to mind who would you most like to see take part in these uh these esports races if crash damage is switched off pastor maldonado of course yeah yeah that's also a uh, fairly popular option we've got to be honest i'd love to see him back on in, in real life formula one you know I think we're really missing that kind of driver at the moment. Anyway, six drivers in the virtual Grand Prix last time round. Most people here say they'd like to see Raikkonen, they'd like to see Vettel. Realistically, though, what are the chances of us getting many more than six drivers for these races? I don't see it happening. Um, uh, the Formula One guy who's running the esports thing, basically saying between time zones and all that sort of thing, it's just it's it's not feasible. Um, Max Verstappen came out and said he won't compete in this in this virtual Grand Prix because it's different to the games he normally plays. I mean, Charles Leclerc, yes, he only bought the game, I think it was eight days before the race, but he spent five, six hours a day practicing for it. It's not that easy to just jump between e-games, so I'm told. Um, my, my skills go as far as Tetris, pretty much. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get all 20 on the grid. I... I'd be surprised if we even land up with a, a 10-driver field. But, I mean, here's hoping. You know, if this continues long enough, they, they might have those five hours a day to practice. Yeah, I think it's a case of the longer this hiatus from real F1 goes on, 
the more drivers are going to cave and think, oh, fine, I'll just give this esports a go. Um, but yeah, there's some drivers which I'm 100% sure would never take part in it. Um, Kimi, for one, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. Vettel, I can't see. Hamilton, can't really see. Roman Grosjean. I mean, basically all the dads, I think, to somehow uncomfortably. Uh, you know, Grosjean's busy homeschooling his kids and, uh, you know, washing the driveway at the moment. Vettel just likes to restore old motorcycles. And I don't know, Kimmy's probably somewhere drunk at the moment. So, yeah, there, there's quite a few drivers on the grid that I think, what, regardless of how long this goes on, we're not going to see taking part. Well, yeah, that's that's everything for today's episode. Um, so, to so everyone listening, thanks very much, as always, uh, and thanks for sending in your thoughts. If you'd like to have yours read out on here in the future, then make sure to keep an eye on our Facebook page, Planet F1, uh, and our Twitter account, Planet underscore F1. Yeah, Michelle, thanks, as always, for coming on. It's a pleasure, as always, Wendy. And uh, me and Michelle will be back soon for uh, another episode. And in the meantime, you can find everything that myself, Michelle, and the rest of the team write on our site, planetf1.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Try not to go crazy if you're stuck indoors. Keep washing your hands, of course. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Bye. Mom, just two minutes. My recital's tomorrow. I know, you can stream your lesson in the car. With total dedication backed by Ireland's best performing mobile network, amazing things can happen. You got it. Enjoy super fast streaming on Vodafone Pay As You Go. Switch today in store or online and get up to 100 euro off a range of smartphones. Vodafone, together we can. Offer subject to availability. Claims based on network test results conducted by Umlaut on three major networks in February and March 2021. Terms apply. See Vodafone.ie for full terms. Sports Social Podcast Network.